Hi, this is Guardian Australia Reads. I'm Jane Lee. Every week, we ask Guardian Australia's editors what their favourite articles are, and then we read them aloud for you. Today, the story of Louis, a 19-year-old Indigenous West Australian man who's been in and out of juvenile detention much of his young life. It's a story about systemic racism and trauma. And just a warning, some listeners may find this content distressing. Lorena Allam is Guardian Australia's Indigenous Affairs Editor. Lorena, this piece from Laura Murphy-Oates is part of a larger project, isn't it? It was part of a series we did called Childhood in Custody, where we looked at the youth detention system from a number of different points of view, you know, magistrates, therapists, uh, youth workers, and of course, the young people themselves. Every young person has a different experience that is equally traumatic. From their perspectives, we can learn how to improve the system to reduce the traumatic impact on them. But also in their stories, you hear the points at which they could have been helped and should have been helped. And so when you hear this story, you can hear in this young person's life story all those times when he was let down by everybody who was supposed to be protecting him. Let's hear it. This is Hell Scared, How a Terrified Homeless Boy Found Himself Locked Up in the Hole by Laura Murphy-Oates. Shortly after Louis turned 15, he was standing in front of a shop window late at night with his friend Joe, who was holding a stolen hammer. For weeks, they had been sleeping on the streets of Perth. At night, they would fall asleep sitting in front of hot air vents to keep warm, using a rolled-up jumper for a pillow, lying against each other, Louis's head on Joe's shoulder. We was doing it hard, Louis says. Louis is not his real name. Guardian Australia has changed it to protect his privacy. They argued about who would break the window, but then crack, they were in. Louis grabbed as much food as he could carry, confectionery, chips, chocolate, pies, and rolled it into his shirt. He ducked into an alleyway and sat down, trying to eat as much as he could before the police arrived. He says, I just put my hands up. Louis became one of the 949 children behind bars on any given night in Australia. More than half of the children in custody are Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander. Even though they make up only 6% of all 10 to 17-year-olds in Australia. Aboriginal and Islander children are jailed at 22 times the rate of non-Indigenous young people. And they are jailed younger. When he got to the Western Australia's Youth Detention Centre, Banksia Hill, on the outskirts of Perth, Louis told the youth workers he was glad to be locked up so he could get a change of clothes and a rest. As a young Indigenous man, Louis has been in and out of Banksia Hill Detention Centre for most of his young adult life. When he was 14, living in care, his father died suddenly. He spent the following year between youth detention and homelessness until his mother was released from jail. He went to stay with her, but less than a year later, she too died unexpectedly, and Louis was back on the street. At 19, Louis is now his brother's carer, juggling the trauma of his own childhood in detention and the responsibilities of adulthood. We're jailing kids who are homeless, who are fighting to survive, says Jerry Jodardis, 
coordinator of the National Suicide Prevention and Trauma Recovery Project. The organization supports people living in poverty and struggling with mental health. Last year, Louis, his partner, and his brother walked into Jojatis's office looking for help. They had been sleeping rough in a park. Their story shocked him. Child protection failed them. The Department of Corrective Services failed them. Jojatis says, we need some systemic repair. Louis is one of eight siblings who ended up in different homes across three states. He was first taken into care when he was eight. He doesn't know why. One day he was pulled out of school, went on a holiday to a farm, and when he came back, his parents weren't there anymore. He was told he would be living with another family member. Then he moved interstate, away from many of his siblings. He felt the absence of his parents more as he grew older. Mother's Day at school was particularly hard. I was just out of place my whole life, he says. I started questioning, why don't I have a life like everyone else? I just hated it. I hated everything. As a teenager, he started hanging out on the streets and fell in with a crowd of kids who would go out at night, drink, throw rocks at houses, and sometimes break in. Eventually, he got caught. He says his lawyer told him he could be facing up to a year in detention on remand before his case came back to court and advised him to plead guilty. They told me straight out, you're going to Banksia Hill. On the way there, he felt nervous. He had only seen the inside of a prison on TV. On arrival, he was placed in a holding cell with two other boys, one 12, the other 11. Louis sat down next to the youngest boy. The size of his legs was like the size of my wrist, Louis says. He was a small, skinny boy, just a really little squeaky voice, no facial hair, nothing. Louis was taken to a cell and locked in for the night. He had a toilet, a shower, a bed, and a TV covered with a protective plastic screen so heavily scratched he couldn't see anything. I was like, hell scared he says. I was in the corner rocking back and forth. My throat was hurting. It was hard to swallow. My chest felt like it was caved in. I cried for like the whole night. After a few days, he was given bail, on condition that he went to school and attended every class. Only a few weeks later, Louis got the news that his father had died. Struggling with grief, Louis got into trouble at school and breached his bail condition. He was sent back to Banksia on a two-month sentence. I cried the whole way. I was angry the whole time, he says. I had no control over my own life. That's what it felt like. Louis met six cousins in the center. In his unit of 30 boys, he says there was only one non-Indigenous kid. On average, three quarters of the 100 to 150 kids in Banksia Hill are Aboriginal. There's really a problem of systemic racism in the justice system that we're not tackling, says Hannah McLeod, a human rights lawyer and Yungar woman who was a member of the UN Permanent Forum for Indigenous Peoples. 
We really are traumatizing young people and we're setting them up for a life of institutionalization, which is a shocking abdication of a duty to Aboriginal youth. The worst part about life in Banksia was Louis's time in solitary confinement. After getting in trouble for fighting, he says he was placed in a small, windowless cell the size of a parking space for about 14 days. This area is called the Intensive Support Unit, or ISU, but the boys had a different name for it. It's called the back, or the hole, Louis says. It's like sitting in the back of a police van. I could touch both sides. On any given day, there's an average of 13 young people in the ISU. Louis says he was kept inside for up to 23 hours a day, with no TV, no school, no human interaction whatsoever. You know how you put a dog in a cage and stop it from going to the outside world and it triggers something in their brain that makes them really violent and they get hell vicious? Pretty much exactly the same. Louis says he was only allowed out for two phone calls a day with 10 minutes afterwards to exercise by himself in a caged outdoor area with a basketball. When he called his family, they rarely answered. When you get a call from Banksia, it'll say, you have received the call from the detainee in Banksia Detention Center. If you would like to receive this call, stay online. If not, please hang up. He says, every time I rang up, they just hung up on me. But Louis would pretend to be on the phone, talking to his family, just to stay out of the hole. That treatment would constitute torture under human rights law, McLeod says. It is absolutely shocking and it is prohibited, and is being used frequently in this state. According to the UN, any period of solitary confinement for juveniles constitutes torture or cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment and should be prohibited. In 2018, the West Australian Inspector of Custodial Services described the ISU as a highly inappropriate and counter-therapeutic environment to house young people who are or had been acutely mentally unwell. An investigation by the inspector found that two teenagers had been held in solitary confinement for 10 days in 2017. He recommended a review of the Young Offenders Act 1995 to ensure children were given a minimum of two hours outside the cell each day in accordance with international law. The WA Department of Justice told Guardian Australia that this review has not yet been carried out. In response to questions about the conditions in the unit, the department said, young people held in the ISU on average spend 10 hours out of their cell and have access to all services provided at Banksia Hill. Louis says he was kept in the hole for about 14 days, but it's hard to remember. His younger brother claims that he's been kept in the hole for months. Louis's friend Joe, whose name The Guardian has changed for privacy reasons, is now serving a sentence in Banksia. He told Louis that he's been in and out of the hole for the past six months. He calls often in distress. Louis says he rang me upset, saying, I want to kill myself. This is getting to me. I can't sit in this place no more. The department said, it cannot comment on specific allegations about individuals in care. And that Banksia Hill had introduced a new trauma-informed model of care with the intention of reducing recidivism rates. Louis believes harder consequences didn't work 
He just needed a safe place to go. He also wishes someone had listened to him. Nobody asked about his parents or how he felt about losing them. They never ever actually said, how do you feel about everything or what's going through your head? They never did that once. I just wanted to say what I was thinking. Well, I never got the chance. Louis' connections to the world are fragile. He has trouble reading and writing. He doesn't have any form of identification, and he's fighting to keep his little brother out of detention. Louis hasn't been detained for the past two years, but he's worried that some unpaid fines might land him back inside, this time in an adult prison. With the assistance of the National Suicide Prevention and Trauma Recovery Project and the First Nations Homelessness Project, he has found housing. I want a job, he says. I want to drive a big car and I want a big house. They said I was going to be nothing. After being out of place his whole life, he wants to belong. That was Hell Scared, How a Terrified Homeless Boy Found Himself Locked Up in the Hole by Laura Murphy Oates. The reader was Shaka Cook. To read the full text, go to Guardian Australia's website. And to hear more from Laura, take a listen to the full story. It's Guardian Australia's daily news podcast. This episode was produced by Alison Chan and Camilla Hannan. I'm Jane Lee. See you next time.